Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. When we started the church, and this is, this is back in small group days, this is before any services came to be, I met a man in Opelousas. He didn't go to our church, but I met him, and I knew it was a divine connection. And I, I started just asking him questions. He seemed to know a lot about the history of Opelousas and St. Landry Parish. And so I just started quizzing him. How to, to tell me about the history. He, he gave me everything from the socioeconomic history. Uh, he knew uh, of things that were supposed to come to Opelousas but didn't come to Opelousas. He talked about the wealthy. He talked about the poor. He talked about the, the, the race, uh, uh, the, the, the makeup of race, the problems that we've had historically. Uh, he talked about the politics. He knew I said, dude, you ought to teach history somewhere. And he just kept telling me all the stories of how Opelousas got to where it was. And I asked the question. I said, well, how did this community get here? And this was his reply. He said, it wasn't one major bad decision. It was just one million steps in the wrong direction. Just one million steps little bad little decisions that were the wrong decisions that ended up getting here does everybody say one million steps yeah just one million steps you it's kind of the frog in the kettle you put the frog in and you turn the heat up one degree until eventually the frog doesn't realize he's being prepared for dinner and he said that's how it got here and then I asked the question well, what do you think it's going to take for Opelousas to get out of it, to turn the tide, to get the ball moving in the right direction? And he answered, well, I guess you're going to have to start taking one million steps in the right direction. So I don't, I don't want you to ever think that every step, whether it was a hoorah moment or not, every time we do the righteous thing, right choice righteousness right choiceness every time we do the right thing we're taking a step in the right direction which every service every sermon i know all my sermons aren't that good that's a good time for you to really encourage me no not to say yeah you're right uh no every time every worship set the ones you like and the ones you don't Every time you see some, every kid's camp, every service, every time serve days that are coming up here in July, every single, every missions trip, every time you represent Jesus driving down the road, every time you give, every time, every prayer you pray, it's just one more step in the right direction. Are y'all tracking with me this morning? So you just keep plotting. I love we're getting to Joshua. Joshua is the trans, everybody say transition. He's the transitional figure between redemption from, is, from Egypt, wilderness, and then from wilderness to the promise. 
Remember, we started this. This is our story. This all began with Abraham 600 years ago when God said, I'm going to make you a nation inside of a nation, a people set apart, my own people. And we're still walking into that promise today. And Joshua's the one that's going to be the part that's going to actually step foot on the very land that God had promised. And he's getting ready. Pastor Myron did a fantastic job last week preaching. Give him a hand. He's not here today. He's on vacation. Him and Courtney. But I I got an opportunity this past Tuesday in the rain, in the rain to preach at the Tuesday night revival that is going on at the Donald Gardner football stadium. Bishop Easton Shelvin, a pastor in our town, gathered together, I think about 10 or 12 pastors and said, can we get together, come and just have a revival? And he asked, he stopped by my office, met with myself and Pastor Myron and said, would, would y'all be involved? And I said, when does it begin? He says, on Tuesday. And this was like on Monday. I said, well, thanks for the heads up, Easton. <laughs> and I said, no, we'll, we'll, do, we'll do our part. Because as far as I know, since I've been here for 12 years, this is the first time that pastors got together to do something together that has nothing to do with our own ministries, me included, our own ministries that we're going to do something, everybody say it, together. And, and I, I'm so, now I, I, got, I got to steal Myron's message from Joshua 4 because I can preach this because Myron doesn't own Joshua 4. Just because he preached last week on Joshua 4 doesn't mean I can't preach a little bit on Joshua 4 because it isn't his. Here, here, was, here was the word that God, this is free by the way. This is the word that God gave to Joshua. People need to purify themselves, but the priest need to come together and put their feet take this is what the scripture says take some steps into the Jordan and if the priest will take some steps everybody say steps one million steps if the priest will take some steps and I, and I preached on Tuesday night Pastor Easton didn't jump in that he asked me would I get into Jer- to the Jordan with him he asked these other pastors, would we come together and would we step into the Jordan together? And he said, once the priests put their feet in the water together, then the Jordan would begin to part so that the people, everybody say the people, so the people could get across on dry land to the promises of God. So it wasn't the people that was the problem. It was the priest had to come together and start taking some steps together. Unity in the body. How many of you know all of our churches, God, this is so free by the way. I just feel the Holy Spirit. Is this okay? Listen, there's a reason why we put certain names out in front of our churches. 
Baptist church, Catholic church, Kojic, that's Church of God in Christ, Church of God in Christ church, Church of Christ, Episcopalian, Methodist, and you just go down the list. We do that to show people that we're different. We, we say, oh, we're different. We're the Methodist. Oh, oh we're different. We're the Baptist. Oh, oh, we're different. We're Catholic. We're different. And, and so we end up building on our differences instead of coming together on what we have the same in common on. Right? Are you with me? Pastor Lazard was there. And I said, Pastor Lazard, you and I don't agree on everything in the Bible. We have some theological differences. Not on the majors, but on the minors. Newsflash. I've been married to that woman for 33 years. We don't agree on everything either. It doesn't mean that we can't walk together and put our feet in Jericho or Jordan's waters together for the good of the people. Are y'all checking with me? Oh, it was raining on Tuesday night. It was raining. And when I got up to preach, a rainbow appeared. No, literally a rainbow appeared. There's an anointing on me. No, it was pretty cool though. I, I saw people taking pictures of me and I'm thinking, man, I must be doing good up here. But it wasn't me. It was the Lord. <laughs> like, are, you, are y'all tracking with me? If Jesus is your Lord, if he's your savior, if he's your Lord, then we might disagree on some secondary things, but the primary things means, look, and I told the pastors there, there's 19,817 people within driving distance of all of our churches. 19,817. We don't have enough seats in all the churches to tend to the harvest that is waiting at this very moment. Oh, listen to me, church. Don't put your head down. Put your head up. This is our finest moment and our finest hour. Don't be discouraged. Quit watching Fox and CNN. Get in the word. This is our moment and our time. This is your moment and your time. Oh, so here we go. We're about to make this transition. Joshua, he's going to ask the priest, would you step into the water? And they do. And it parts. Oh, what a beautiful, what, God begins with a miracle. And they're going to cross over. All the people are going to put their feet on the promised land. That promised land represents something. It doesn't just mean heaven to us. It does mean heaven, but it also means the promises of God that he has for you and for your life. This is one of those messages you got to lean in and just trust me on. You're going to have to lean in, read the word yourself. Go receive what I'm about to tell you and then run home and read it for yourself to make sure I'm right. But I want you to follow with me and I'm gonna pick up in Joshua 5, verses one. I'm just gonna read through them all. Verses one, let's begin together. Now, when all the Amorite kings west of the Jordan and all the Canaanite kings along the coast heard...
when they heard how the Lord had dried up the Jordan before the Israelites until they had crossed over, their hearts melted in fear and they no longer had the courage to face the Israelites. Remember, they're crossing from the wilderness 40 years and crossing into a promised land that they're going to have to get ready for battle. They're going to have to take the land. In the wilderness, God provided everything they needed. Now they're going to come, and I'll talk more about it in just a moment. Now they're going to go where they're going to have to actually take the land. Battle, war, fight, struggle, strain, sweat, perspire, desperate. Struggle, perspire, strain, work. They're going to have to work it. They're going to have to take it. And already God is already beginning to do something before any battle. They're already winning battles before they even have to fight any. Because of God's mighty hand to split open the Jordan. So you see this. Again, so they, they, they recognize. In fact, you never hear them say, we're afraid of Joshua. They say, we're, we're afraid of God. The, the fear of the Lord, Joshua's not won any battles, no victories yet. They, they're already hearing the mighty works of God. What God is already doing. They're, they're hearing it. And, and so they're not fearing Joshua, they're fearing the God of Joshua. By the way, the God of Joshua is your God. I'm talking about your cousin, you know that, right? This is your spiritual cousin who's simply obeying what God asked him to do. Purify the people. Guys, get rid of every sin. Listen, repent of any sin that's in your life. Repent. Priest, get the priest, get them together. May they step into the Jordan together. Priest, step into the Jordan River together. And watch what God does. So it's just simply the obedience of the Lord. Then people are hearing what God is doing. I wasn't going to say this, but I'm going to say it. This means nothing to me personally. It says something about you. I sat with Pastor Easton. Heidi and I did with Pastor Easton and his wife Kizzy. We sat there the other day. And he said, Pastor Eugene, it just means it's real if you're involved, which means, and he goes, we all recognize and see the work that God has done. We see it and it just means more. Let me translate. They see what God has done through you and it means more. Are y'all tracking with me? They see the work. They see the work. Have you ever met someone where you saw the work? I want you to think about this. And I, I, I've thought long and hard about this. And I could name a few people and I won't name them out loud because then you'll, then you'll think I'm, I'm. Some of the most godly people I've ever met in my life that you walked away from and you went, they walk with God are not the most significant people. You don't see their name. They're not preaching in pulpits. Some of the most godly people I've ever met 
who had the presence of God on their life. And you've met, how many of you have met someone like that? You went, man, they just know God. They know God in a way I don't know God. They are way more godly than I am. Had nothing to do with their leadership ability, nothing to do with their communication ability, nothing to do with, they may not ever stand in a pulpit and preach a message. But you just go, man, what a godly person that changes the atmosphere in every single room that they walk in. That's what's happening. Oh my gosh. And then I want you to see, so they're crossing over. People are hearing and watch what happens in verse number two. At that time, the Lord said, to, this, is, this is getting ready now. We're getting ready for battle, right? We're getting ready for war. At the time, the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives and circumcise the Israelites again. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the Israelites at Gilbeth Haraloth. Oh, you try to pronounce it. <laughs> wait, I just, wait a minute. They cross Jordan and he says, circumcise everybody. Well, men. Some of you will get that later. Just ask questions on the ride home if you don't understand. Don't make me translate or put up the slides. Circumcision. That is the male part. That is the knife. That is, let's bring everybody in and let's, let's, let's circumcise. It takes time to heal. It's not a good military strategy to take your fighting men and circumcise them when they just step on enemy territory, which is their promised land. It's not a good strategy. What, a, what an opportunity for the enemy to come while they're all sitting around for the next five days healing from the process. Are y'all with me, men, on this? You're going, this is not a good thing. But how many of you know it's better to obey the Lord than it is? sometimes the obedience of the Lord doesn't make sense to your own mind? You, rather, you better obey God even if you don't understand. In fact, I would say because we belong to the Lord, we don't even have the right to understand. We obey God because we obey God, period, end of story, whether we see the result of that or not. No, are y'all tracking with me? No, we're raising the ante. It's time in the church to raise the ante up to say, no, obedience is better than sacrifice to the Lord. You'd rather be obeying the Lord. When you see darkness, it means to the church, we better re-up and recommit our commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. This is that hour. This is that moment circumcision in the scripture. Remember, Abraham receives the promise and then God said, well, here, let me, do, you gotta do your part. I want you to circumcise all the males 600 years ago. I, I like to call this the renewal. This is the renewal of the vow, the commitment to follow the Lord Jesus. Are y'all tracking with me? This is, they need to commit they need to recommit. They need to renew. They need to up again. For my family, we've done this for years. You don't have to do this, but maybe you want to. Every time we receive communion, we re-up. 
We just re-up. Lord, thank you for saving me and redeeming me. Thank you for taking away every sin I've ever committed and throwing it into the sea of forgetfulness. Thank you for clothing me in righteousness. I'm not righteous. It's your righteousness that covers me. Thank you. I re-up, I recommit to serve you all the days of my life. I will follow you. Convict me when I fail you. Convict me when my thoughts. Convict me with my actions. I want to pursue you and the purposes of God for my life. I don't care for accolades or titles or anything else. I just want to please you, period, in the story. I'm all in. Are you with me? It's just a renewing. You know what we do? In the New Testament, we don't have to be circumcised. Can you say praise God? Wait, could you imagine if we did that? If you receive Christ today, please stay after. We're going to be circumcising you. I wouldn't want to be a part of that. But no, that's not what we do in the scripture because the scripture says, no, no. You know, even when Gentiles were getting saved and born again in the New Testament, they said, should we make them be circumcised? And they said, no, because they're not talking about circumcision of the male genitalia, they're talking about circumcision of the heart. That my heart has been circumcised. Parts of my flesh are gone, taking my flesh off, and I'm not going to live by the flesh. I'm going to live by the spirit. It is the wedding ring. It's water baptism to be baptized, saying I belong to Jesus. Are y'all tracking with me? Yes. It's a renewal. It's a recommitment. It's up. Watch this. He goes on to say, it's also to say, by the way, it's also to say, we're not like other nations. We're not like other people groups. We're different. We're set apart. We're, we're the salt of the earth. We're the, we're the light of the world. We preserve a community. We preserve it. It's renewing. Watch this. Now, as why they did so, all those who came out of Egypt, all the men of military age, they died in the wilderness on the way from leaving Egypt. All the people that came out had been circumcised, but all the people born in the wilderness during their journey from Egypt had not. The Israelites had moved about in the wilderness 40 years until all the men who were of military age when they left Egypt had died. And since they had not obeyed the Lord, for the Lord had sworn to them that they would not see the land he had solemnly promised to their ancestors to give us, a land flowing with milk and honey. So he, what's, I love this. So he raised up their sons. In their place, and those were the ones that Joshua circumcised. Everybody say, raised up their sons. Ah, yeah. Oh, listen to me. God's working. And I'm going to show you in just a moment. God's on a whole different program than we are, by the way. I just want you to know that. He, he sees further than you see. He is working way beyond. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's working to another end. He's building another kingdom. It's not the kingdom of this world. He has another kingdom. 
And he is working on that end. Even the very things that you're watching on CNN and Fox News that you are watching, he is behind the scenes. He's doing 10,000 other things at one time to bring us to this very point. Yeah, he's working. Watch this. Watch this. Raising up sons to take place. I, I say this with our staff all the time. I say, who's next? Who's next? Who's next? Who's next? Who's next? Who's next? Who's the next? Who's the next? Who's the next? You got to have the next because if you don't have the next, listen, he is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's, he's showing you I'm a generational God and I work among the generations. One generation is not enough. If, if Heidi and I die on the way home, God forbid, we're going to go to heaven. So just celebrate. We're going to go to heaven, but hopefully there's a next that, there's, that the church continues to move. We're just baton carriers for a certain season. We only get it for a season and then it goes to the it goes to the next. Are you with me? Yeah. Golly, we were talking about this the other day. We were talking, this is free, by the way. We we're talking about this the other day. This is not the church that we inherited 20 years ago. It's not. And, and if you've been around a long time, if you're old like us, it's not even the church from 20 years before that. You, I can remember, this is, this is, you remember? I remember when people left the church because they put a drum set on the stage. Do y'all remember that? Yeah. Burgess, you remember that? Because you're old, Burgess. That's why you remember that. <laughs> I remember when they started putting words on screens. Well, on the uh, overhead projector. Y'all remember overhead projectors? Yeah, we called it the ministry of light. They would write out the words and they would put it on the overhead projector and hit the light and it would shine on the screen. There were people that left the church because we were not singing out of a book anymore. We were singing a chorus on a wall. Some of you young people don't even know what an overhead projector is, do you? And when we, tra we train the overhead projector person, this is serious training, not to put your hand on it when the light was on. Make sure you turned it off, then switch the transparency, then turn it back on, and half the time it was backwards because, you know, you got to... The church is supposed to be changing. It should always be changing. It should be always be, uh, getting, getting the spots and the wrinkles out to reach a generation of people, raising up sons, by the way, we have a responsibility to raise up our children who will also fear the Lord. Thank you, Danny, for being so transparent the other day and just saying we did, as I look back, I taught my children to fear me and not to fear the Lord. And you go, it's, it's our duty. It is, it is our responsibility as parents to raise up our children to fear the Lord. I, I, Myron, Myron, I told Myron, I said, Myron, you got to tell those stories about your mama. Myron's mama. He, was, he, he, he left. His, he came from a pastor's home. And he would, he would go to college. And he said, my mama would call me every Sunday morning. Son, you're going to church today, right? Oh, mama. I be, no, son, you're going to church today. And when you go to church, don't forget to pay your tithes. Let me tell you something, son. You don't want the Lord. Yeah. Now, mama, 
You don't, he said, Pastor, I feared the Lord. I thought God was going to kill me. How many of you know your children need to know God will kill you? <laughs> Raise up your children to fear. Not to be scared, to respect the reverence, the awe of God and that God doesn't play. He doesn't, don't take his long suffering with you as his approval of what you're doing. So we've got a generation that's being raised up. Their parents weren't able to go into the promised land because of disobedience. Joshua being one of the few. He was with Moses. And he's going to circumcise the sons of the former slaves. It says that they were still uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised on the way. And after the whole nation had been circumcised, they remained where they were in camp until they were healed. And they're about to step into the promise that was given to Abraham 600 years before. Wow. How many of you as a parent go, man, if I I don't reach this dream, the only thing better than reaching the dream is to have my children reach the dream. And they're about to see their children reach the dream with circumcision. And then he says today, watch this, I love this part. And then Victor's gonna help me because we're gonna take communion in just a second, watch this. Then the Lord said to Joshua, they all get circumcised. And then the Lord said to Joshua, today I have, read this with me, rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. What is that? So the place has been called Gilgal to this day. Today, that's been erased. That reproach, I love, I love the text where it says, rolled away. Do you remember a New Testament passage that uses the term rolled away? When, when, when did that happen? It was at the resurrection of Jesus, wasn't it? It was at the garden tomb, wasn't it? Where something was rolled away. A stone was rolled away. Something that was dead, now alive. Stone is rolled away to be set free from death. It's, it's, I, that's no longer a part of my life anymore. It, it's not that it's no longer that something that didn't happen to you. It just has no power over you. It changes the whole, are y'all tracking with me today? I'll fix and break it down for you in just a second. As soon as Victor starts helping me. Yeah, I can't do this unless Victor helps me because it's better when Victor is with me. <laughs> he gets some love. Watch this. Heidi did a fantastic job the other day on, on, on Rahab. Yeah, she did amazing. I love Rahab. I love Rahab. Did you tell about the story of Deborah, the, uh, our real life story of Deborah? You didn't. I don't know if they can handle it. Can they handle this? 
<laughs> Thank you. Rahab the harlot. The, that title, the harlot. And of course, if you were here when Heidi's teaching, which she knocked it out the park, the harlot, that's not how she ends up being known. That's how she begins being known. Rahab, the harlot. Oh, think of all the titles that have been put on you. Just think of them all. Just think of them all. Rahab, the harlot. That's not how the story ends, though, does it? Because Heidi took you through the genealogy, and I'll mess it up off the top of my head. But she's going to give the mother in the line. She marries Salmon. Salmon and her have Boaz. Boaz has Obed. Obed has Jesse. And Jesse has David, as in King David, who is going to be in the line of Jesus. So she started out as Rahab the harlot, but she ended up the mother of kings. Which means whatever title you walked in with today doesn't have to end up being your title. That it can be rolled away and you can walk in another purpose and another. It's called the redemption of Jesus. You ought to give God praise for that. Jason, you ought to give God praise for that. You, it, it's not, and, and this, is, this is what he's saying to them. Today, look, it's not a work of good counseling, and I appreciate good counseling. It's not the result of positive thinking, and I appreciate positive thinking. It is a work of the Spirit that when God says, if you'll obey me, if you'll obey me, and when I lead you and speak to you through my word or his spirit, which harmonizes with the word, and you obey that, you'll be rolling away the very thing that was put on you. You're no longer slaves anymore. That's what he's saying. You're not slaves anymore. You're my children. You are a prince, a princess. You are a priest. You're a king. You're a holy nation set apart for the praises of God. I don't think you know who you are. I'm sitting in the room with the most powerful people in all of St. Landry Parish right now. It's you. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. The most influential people in all of St. Landry Parish are sitting in this very room. Rolled away. Today. What like? No, no. Today it's rolled. Today it's rolled away through their acts of obedience and the Holy Spirit saying, today I'm rolling it away. In Jesus' name, amen. Watch this. And then he says to him, on the evening, 
of the 14th day of the month while camped at Gilgal, still being healed from the circumcision, the Israelites celebrated the Passover. Remember the Passover? That was back in Egypt. That was, that was where, get the blood of the lamb over the doorpost because the death angel, the final plague is gonna come through. It's going to kill the firstborn of every family, livestock, son, daughter, firstborn. It's going to kill everyone. But if you could get the blood of the doorpost, blood of the lamb over the doorpost, then the death angel would pass over your house and it would not impact yours and what God had entrusted you at all. It would pass over. They're going to celebrate the day after, the very day. Watch, so they're going to celebrate the Passover. It's to remember. So it's not as if Eugene was a womanizer. Eugene the womanizer. You, 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 you don't know me like that, do you? No, that, that's pre. And then Redemption, blood over the doorpost, and then the obedience. It took a long time of obedience till one day I, I was always scared. I didn't mean to tell you all this, but I'm going to. I was always scared as a pastor that I'd be up preaching and some girl from high school would walk in and go, he's a fraud. And then one day, God rolled away the reproach. And now I can tell the testimony and look back and remember, which is why we celebrate communion. Remember, do this in remembrance. Remember what you were, not what you are. Remember what you are, the redemption of Jesus, that he, the blood, got over the doorpost of your life, and you can say, thank you, God. I was once blind, but now I see. I was once lost, but now I'm found. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Are y'all tracking with me this morning? Would you take the emblem? You can just do it right there. I just wanted you to see it. It's in the Old Testament and it's in the New Testament. And we see the gospel of Jesus, the blood, the Passover. Take a lamb, take a lamb, a spotless lamb without a blemish. And that we see in the New Testament, behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Thank you for redeeming us. Thank you for redemption. Would you take the bread? Would you hold it up to the Lord? Would you hold it up? And so today, Lord, we thank you for the broken body of Jesus. Thank you, Father, that you loved us enough that you would send your only son to redeem us from all of our sin. And so today, Father, we thank you for the broken body of Jesus. You said would heal our bodies, that you would touch our diseases. We thank you for every stripe that you took upon your back. 
We thank you for the nail-pierced hands and feet and the pierced sides. Lord, we thank you for all that you've done for us and we receive this bread, the broken. We remember what we were. We remember what we were and we thank you for touching us. You may take up the bread together. Would you hold the cup? The blood. Oh, thank you for your blood. The blood. Jesus would say, this is my new covenant. The blood. It takes away the sins of the world. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the blood. Would you just say, forgive me of all my sins, Lord. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood. We receive this together in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We bless your name. We praise you. We magnify you. We bless your name. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood. Thank you for the blood. Thank you. You're worthy of all praise, glory, and honor. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood. Oh, we worship you. We adore you. We magnify you. We exalt you. We praise you. We praise you. We thank you. We thank you. You're worthy. The only one who's worthy. The only one who's worthy. Thank you, Lord. We submit to you. We thank you, Lord. You're the king, king of kings. Thank you, Lord. We bow our knee to you. Thank you, God. We re-up, we recommit, we renew our commitment to follow you all the days of our life. Follow you all the days of our life. Follow you all the days of our life. To worship you, to serve you, to obey you. Use us as an instrument in your hand for your glory and your honor. Father, we ask, Holy Spirit, fill us fresh and anew right now. Would you just fill us with your Holy Spirit? We need your strength. We need your power. We need you so that we can accomplish your purpose and your mission here on this earth. So, Father, we do. We thank you. We give you praise and glory. Come on, church. Can we just do that? Thank him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. You're worthy. You're worthy of all praise, Lord. You're the only one who deserves the glory. Only you, Jesus. Only you, Jesus. Only you. Bless your name. We magnify you. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Worthy, worthy, worthy. Worthy, worthy, worthy. Worthy is the Lord. Worthy is the Lord. Worthy is the Lord. Worthy is the Lord. I want you to see something in this chapter 5. I couldn't leave it. 
there's the renewal, circumcision. There's the removal. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old life is gone and the new has begun. You see it. You see, so you see the, the renewal. Then you'll see the removal. I'm going to roll away the reproach of Egypt. Then you see the remember, the Passover. And then you're going to see the revelation. They're about to go in chapter 6. What's chapter 6? It's Jericho. Now, if I'm God, and I'm not, Jericho is the strongest fortification of the Canaanites. They ain't, if I'm God, I'm going to say, well, these boys ain't never fought. They've been in the wilderness. They haven't even been growing their own crops. They, they've been, I've been feeding them manna in the morning. And I've been feeding them quail at night. And all they've been doing is following Moses and walking around with a cloud by day and a fire by night. I've been keeping them cool and I've been keeping them warm. You go, I, I don't know that he's really been preparing them for battle, right? And then he gets them across and they, we're just the sons of those and we ain't never really fought nobody before. And he goes, circumcise them. And then he's not sending them. I mean, if I'm, if I'm, I'm God, I ain't sending them to Jericho. I'm sending them to Lotel. Are you with me? I think they could take Lotel. Okay, if you're from Lotel, don't send Victor an email. Don't send it to me. I'm sending, no, no, that's not what God's doing though, is it? No, he's going to send them to the most difficult place. Did you hear what I just said? He's going to send them to the most difficult place. Watch what happens with them. Here's Joshua. Joshua's just obeying. This isn't rocket science. He's just obeying. Watch what happens. I'm probably going to make some people mad. Watch this. Oh, by the way, let me read this because I missed a part. On the evening of the 14th day of the month, they celebrated Passover. Verse 11. Verse 11. The day after the Passover, that very day, they ate some of the... Now, what have they been eating for 40 years? Manna and quail. Not today. It's a transition. It's a changing of the season. I'm telling you by the Holy Spirit, it is a transition. We're walking through the changing of a season. Now watch this. Unleavened bread and roasted grain. Next verse. The manna stopped the day after they ate this food from the land. There was no longer any manna for the Israelites, but that year they ate the produce of Canaan. Oh yeah, we're clapping. Because you know how you get produce? You got to plow, plant, water, cultivate, prune, 
cut, walk out, get harvest, bring it in. Oh, no, remember, no, no. I like manna. Oh, look, here it is. Sweep it up. I like manna. No, 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 no. See, it's, I, I, I don't really have time to tell you all of this, but I, I talked to a young pastor one time. I said, let me tell you something. Bro, you, you, he was a part of a large church, a really large church. Like that. I said, bro, you, 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 you're part of a work that's already planted the field, put the seeds in the ground, covered the dirt, grew it up, and you're just walking in at harvest time. The question is, do you have enough, can I just say this, spiritual do you have do you have enough that God could just simply give you a field because it ain't work to go in during harvest time I just go out and get some grapes yeah I love it it's good God is good no no but what happens when he just gives you a field and he goes now do something with the field I mean, you know, a lot harder, just the field. Now God's saying, no, no, now we're going to start, now we're going to start producing. We're going to start working where it's going to take sweat. Pastor Jim prophesied over this campus. He prophesied. I don't remember if he did it publicly and I don't remember if he did it privately. Heidi, you might remember, but he just said this. You are, you are walked through a season, Opelousas, where God gave you manna in the morning and he gave you quail at night. But that season is going to come to an end where you're going to have to walk out and you're going to have to produce, pull up the crops, plant the seeds, water the seeds. You're going to have to work it in order for the land to produce. It's flowing with milk and honey. It has the ability, but you're going to have to work it. I wanted to say to you, that word is today. It is now that season. Are we clapping now? Amen, that's you. Watch this. Now when Joshua was near Jericho, so it, it switches. He's gone through renewal, circumcision. He's gone through remember, a roll, roll away. Remember, remember. And now he's about to get a revelation. We, chapter 4 and chapter 5 are really together. Where I'm about to read in chapter 5 are really together. But y- y'all know they didn't do chapters and verses until later. But I'm going to deal with it anyway. This is, so this is the beginning of the next message. Watch what happens. Now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up. I'm sure he was spying out the land going, okay, Lord, how are we going to do this? Jericho, the scripture says the walls were high and wide. They could race chariots on top of it. It was, it was considered to be impenetrable. Y'all know what I mean. You can't take it. And he says, and now Joshua was near Jericho. He looked up and he saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua sees him. Joshua went up and asked him, Are you for me or are you against me? I need to know. Are you for me or against me? Watch his neck, his reply. Neither. But as the commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Wait, wait, wait. Say what? Wait. 
Abraham, you'll be my people. A nation inside of a nation. There is a promised land that I'm going to give you. 600 years ago, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. We get all the way down to Moses. Deliver out of Egypt. 100 years. All the way to Joshua. We get to Joshua. Dry land. Cross Jordan. Circumcision. Renewal. Roll away. The reproach. And here's Joshua meeting. By the way, when it says captain of the Lord of the army, he's probably talking about I can't prove this, but most theologians would agree with me that this is Jesus. He was in the beginning. It's Jesus. And we we know that because later he's going to fall down and worship this swordsman. And the swordsman is going to say to him, take off your sandals because where you're standing is have we heard that somewhere else before in the bible it was with moses and a burning bush this voice from the father he is going to say to him with a sword and he's going to say take off your sandals where you're standing on holy ground we know if it was an angel an angel would have said get up i don't deserve to be worshiped because an angel never received worship from anyone there's only one who deserves the worship and he's laid down and worshiped and he led him It's Jesus. And he's saying, hey, I'm the captain of God's people, the nation. We're here to take over the promised land. We just got circumcised. We just got stuff rolled away. We remember. We just did all that. And I'm just here checking out Jericho. Are you on my side? Are you on the other side? And he says, neither. Surely Jesus would say, No, Joshua, you're my boy. The question is a bad question. Let me say it a different way. Joshua's asking Jesus, whose side are you on? I think he's saying neither. And it's really Jesus asking, whose side are you? We live in a divided nation. It's a plan of the enemy. He's trying to divide us in any way he can. Where every situation that comes, people want to know whose side are you on. choose Jesus I choose Jesus I want to be on Jesus's side let me tell you what it also means he says I'm on another mission 
my kingdom is not of this world and you're looking at it by the kingdoms of this world and he's saying I'm on a whole nother mission Republicans, Democrats rich and poor he's going I'm on a whole nother mission I can show you the New Testament because they, they, they did this to Jesus, right? They, they tried to, in fact, let me, let, me, let me show you every scripture. Watch this. Just, just stay with me in the back. Listen carefully. I'm going to put up every single scripture. No, no, sign it. Sign it. They'll get it the next service. We're going to mess up with y'all. Next service. Flawless. I'm throwing them a curveball. I didn't, we didn't plan this. Every single passage of scripture where Jesus talks about and enters into political discussions. Ready? Play them. That's it. There they are. No, that's not it. That's not it. There they are. In fact, there's one time where they tried to get him in to a political discussion. Now you can show that verse. (laughs) Watch this. The Pharisees met together to plot how to trap Jesus into saying something for which he could be arrested. We're trying to get him into this political discussion so that Rome would come up and say, ha ha, we got him. Watch what happens. They sent some of the disciples along with the supporters of Herod to meet with him. Teacher, they said, we know how honest you are. Oh, be careful when people butter you up too much. Watch this. We know how honest you are. You teach the way of God truthfully. You are impartial and you don't play favorites. Now tell us what you think about this. Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? (laughs) We got him. Next verse. But Jesus knew their evil motives. You hypocrites. Why are you trying to trap me? Here, show me the coin used for the tax. When they handed him a Roman coin, he asked, whose picture and title are stamped on it? Caesar's, they replied. Well, then he said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. And give to God what belongs to God. His reply amazed them, and they went away. Don't get distracted by Caesar. Our focus should be on God. What's God saying? Not what the Democrats are saying or the Republicans are saying. What is God saying? Whose side are you on? Neither. I'm on a whole different program than you're operating on. I'm here to seek and save that which is lost. There's only two titles in the kingdom. Lost and found. 
and he was busy about it. And do you think we might be busy about it? Oh, if you were, your office would smell different when you walked in. People would now come to you and say, could you pray for my family? Because I know I can smell the God on your life. And ministering to people who are hurting and broken instead of walking in and going like you're trying to win some sort of election. We're here to minister to people. To be the hands and feet of Jesus wherever we go. It's not whose side is God on. It's whose side are we on. Do y'all receive this word today? I gotta pause, I'm going to pause right here because we, we have to, we, we, I, we gotta, I'm already over time. But I, I just, can we just bow our heads? Lord, we, this, is, this is like part one. We receive your word. Renew your life. Renew it. Renew your commitment to him. If you've lost your first love, go back to him again and say, God, please forgive me. I want to know you like I've never known you before. This is, salvation is not an end. It's a beginning. I want to know you like I've never known you before. It's, it's a renewing. Letting him through your obedience, roll away the tags of your past and you could become from a harlot to a mother of kings. It's, 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 it's re-upping, it's renewing the commitment to him. It's remembering what God has brought you from so your heart stays grateful, 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 thankful. And then God's going to begin to give us revelation the very day and hour that we're in that we'll walk out and represent his side. His side. So Jesus, would this word fall on fertile soil in our hearts? Would it begin to produce fruit in our life? Take away everything that's us. Circumcise the flesh out of our hearts. We just recommit to you today to follow you, to be a follower of Jesus. Forgive us where we failed you and fallen short. Give us strength and the power of the Holy Spirit to do what none of us can even do on our own. So we desperately need you. We call out for you. We're asking God, pray for revival. Let it begin right here where I sat. Let revival begin in each one of our hearts pursue you like we've never pursued you before. This is that hour. We pray, Father, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Every head bowed. Maybe you're here. You don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior. Christians pray. Jesus said you can't enter the kingdom or see the kingdom until you've been born again. He loves you. He's not mad at you. He'll forgive you of everything you've ever done, but you need him. You need him. You've been living life as your own king. You need to submit your life to Jesus. He'll forgive you. He will. How do you do it? A, admit you're a sinner. You got to begin there. You got to admit. You've been living your own life, doing your own thing. You've been your own king. You've been your own God. And believe that Jesus came to die on the cross for you, to pay for your sin. He'll forgive you of everything and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And see, confess him 
as Lord, which means he's the boss. Submit your life to him. And if you're willing to A, B, and C, admit, believe, and confess, I want to pray a prayer with you. I want to lead you in a prayer. If you're ready to receive Christ, to be born again, would you just put your hand up all over this room right now? Just hold it up high. Thank you. Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. I see your hand. I see it around the room. Congregation, can we add our voice to theirs? This prayer won't save you. It's the cry of your heart, but I'll lead you. Would you say, dear Lord Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe that on the cross, you took my sin, my shame, and my guilt, and you died for it. I believe you faced hell for me so I wouldn't have to go, and that you rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, purpose on earth, and a relationship with the Father. So today, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sin to be born again. Let's declare God is my Father. Jesus is my Savior. Holy Spirit is my helper, and heaven is my home. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Can we give God all the praise?